0: Hey, this is for all of our property manager friends of the podcast. Are you looking to add more properties this year? If So you got to check out Vintory. These guys are at the forefront of what they do. You should see them at conferences, pack presentations, their booths are slammed, and Brooke, their founder, is a huge fan and supporter of the pod. Ventory has built the first and only software and services platform designed specifically to help property managers recruit homeowners and add new inventory to their rental programs.
1: John, these guys are awesome. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then even market to them across multiple channels. From landing pages to chatbots and so many more booking tools, Venturi is here to help you collect leads. Their state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation can help you easily track those leads and efficiently communicate with them across your entire team.
0: The system can even automatically follow up with your leads instantly. Knowing that your leads are getting contacted right away is an awesome feature. The best part is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list and a free owner landing page. On top of that is 60-day money-back guarantee. Venturi makes it completely risk-free to try it out. They will even send you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo.
1: To learn more, go to Venturi.com forward slash NoBS. That's V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash NoBS. Or just mention that you heard about them on the NoBS Short-Term Rental Podcast
0: welcome to the no bs short-term rental podcast an unfiltered look into the
1: global vacation and short-term rental industry i'm mateo bradford and i'm john stokinger and this is our podcast we bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short term rental industry like no other podcast can.
0: Good morning, Mateo. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic, brother, as usual. How hey, are you?
0: Good. 51st episode today. We made it. We, we did the year. We, we put out like insane stats. Like, I, yeah. I can't believe it. Really, really proud of what, what we built and like, excited to just. start our second year with an amazing guest today
1: awesome yeah man and before we dig into our amazing guest uh who i can't wait to 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 get in and dig in and and talk to you know on that note brother just want to say thank you to you uh for everything that you've done to make this podcast Uh a success i don't think you know people know the amount of work that goes on behind these podcasts and to be around for a year uh is a hell of an achievement proud to have done it with you. I appreciate all the work and sweat equity that you put into this to make it happen. So shout out to Will. Shout out to HFM. Shout out to my partner, John. uh, And get ready and everyone out there. and, And last but not least, thank you to all of you who listen, download, support us, you know, have told us and walked up to us and told us you love the show. Well, we appreciate it, and you know, we appreciate you for listening. And you know, we're just going to get better and better, and we're going to bring you new, fresh content and all the things you want to hear and didn't think you want to hear <laughs> moving forward in the future. So,
0: and if you like what you hear, yeah. leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Help us out, scratch our backs, please leave a review. Um, we have a five-star rating of seven reviews. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, hey I saying. you
1: know, you got to take the wins where they come.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, can yeah, we get it, to our guest, man? Can, can yeah, you, please, man, let, let's I'm get exhausted. to our guest. All right, man. So this week, fresh out of the RMA, we are honored to have someone that is uh, a vet in the industry for as long as I've been in this space. Um, I've always heard his name in a positive light. I was honored to meet him early on in my career um, in uh, smoky mountain place or vegas it was somewhere where we met up but the one and only david and formerly of smoky mountain rentals uh, in smoky mountain uh and smokymountains.com presently at stay sense and just overall great guy if you really get to know him and those who know know and David, welcome to the show. We are so happy to hear you have you here with us. Um, I didn't go too far deep into your resume because we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But welcome to the show, brother.
2: Man, thank you, Matteo. Thank you, John. Excited to be here and be a part of what you guys are, are doing for the industry. And uh, congrats on a awesome first year. You know, uh, seven five star reviews is actually like thirty five stars, right? If I'm doing my
1: math correct. Right, I'll take yeah. that.
2: <laughs> so that's that's a heck of a rating
1: technically yeah it is isn't it
0: <laughs> it's a lot of stars
2: that that is that's like moms uncles and and your like yeah wives, truly everybody yeah so
0: yeah and i can't even get convince my mom to go ahead and leave a five-star review so. <laughs> i can't either I, i've been horrible
1: about it. i've been horrible about asking now I, it's I'm, so we're just gonna need to make t-shirts that like have the no bullshit short-term rental <laughs> podcast on the front and then leave a five-star review on it's like a qr code that goes yeah, directly there
2: yeah leave oh, a guys. fucking review all right, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. No, thank you guys for having me on. Excited uh, to be a part of this and uh, and hang out with you guys this morning and and talk about what's uh, I think all of our favorite space uh, vacation rentals, short term rentals, and what's what's going on there. So,
0: what what's interesting to me is that our paths truly and my path, I cross paths with most people. And I've, I've heard your name and, and I've known what you, you do. And I, I've talked to business partners of years in the past. Like I know the David Angadi story decently. Um, but, I, but we, you know, you mentioned earlier when we were BSing a little bit, and even though it's no BS, sometimes we do BS, uh, where we were chatting before we hit record, that we met truly in person for the first time very briefly uh, just a couple of weeks ago in Chicago, um, my which my is, absolutely blows my mind. Um, but I'd love to why? Why why are we staying so far apart? You know, is do I have like this force field around me? Am I just unapproachable?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh you you do have that force field, so you know, I'm not gonna take that from you, but I I think a lot of it has to do with COVID and just like no conferences for a while, no hanging out, no going out to the bars together, all that for a few years, and then um, Honestly, there was a time there right before COVID too, where I was taking it a little easy on the conference circuit, uh, just concentrating in on, on launching the, the uh, a new brand and some things with that, uh, okay. that, that took some time away from those personal connections out and about. So, but yeah, I, I mean, I can't give you an answer other than that on how our paths haven't crossed in a more meaningful way before now. Just I think it's on both of us. We're just amazing. not going to allow it to happen in the future.
1: No, yeah. but it's amazing, though, because at Darm, I was with both of you and I feel like I was with both of you at the same event. <laughs> so, yeah, above yeah, and beyond, but but was it two in the
2: morning? Because that could also not be, with uh, me. No, I, I'm together. early to bed. John
1: goes, John goes oh, okay. to bed early. So that's probably where that's probably why. That's probably. Oh, yeah. And when John and I met it, up in Smoking Mountains, like we were talking, you weren't at that conference. Yeah, so I you and wrong. I had to meet another time. And that's when I met John. Oh, look at look at the yeah, uh, look at the Providence. <laughs> oh, here, here, here we are. Here we are. Today. So speaking of here we are, man, how did we get here? So I think, you know, I was introduced to you when you and I met you were just transition, you were in the process of transitioning SmokyMountains.com, um, mountains.com and, and launching into your new space. But dude, let's start it. We got to go back to the beginning because you know, it's my one of my favorite things to talk about. Like, yeah where were you at when you got into this space and what were you doing in the years 2004
2: to 2009 yeah so this is this is kind of like a, a a crazy wild ride through those years um 2009 is kind of actually where i came into the space so if you back up it's the path into the space which um i was actually a pilot for uh, netjets that was my profession at that point um flying the, uh, the fastest passenger plane in the world and, um, and basically flying the rich and the famous. Uh, and so that was that was life. It was going well. I was at like my final career destination, I felt like, and, and life was good. Um, around that same time, we launched an ed tech startup and that thing just took off. It, it went to the, to the moon very quickly. Uh, so when we exited that ed tech startup, it was like, I'm sitting here. Twenty nine years old at that time, two thousand and nine. I'm like, okay, I'm done. This this was a good ride, and I'm done. I've, I've, I've given the world what I have to give. It's time to retire, and uh, that lasted, I think, four weeks. Uh, so it was a, a great four week retirement there that first time. And um, but when I came back and started and started to, to work again, I wanted something meaningful. That, that wasn't just like a, a bank account number to show like, okay, we just had accomplished something. So we bought uh, a really nice property out in the Smoky Mountains. It was, uh, you know, it was six, seven hour drive from where we were living at that point. I'm like, we're going to have that property. So there's something tangible to show for the success we had, not just like numbers on an account somewhere. And right. so we went out there, we started to use different property management companies because you know, I was really afraid of like trying to self-manage or just right. didn't know the processes, all of that. And, um, and I wasn't real satisfied with the Internet marketing of any of these companies in 2009, which probably comes as a shock. You know, it was like this (laughs) set it and forget it pricing. There were three prices, you know, you know, you had your low, your shoulder and your high season pricing. And you knew it was going to be like a a buy three, get the fourth night free. If you were further out, Then it'd be like buy two, get two free as you get closer. It was like the early days of uh, yield management kind of. And um, it just none of them did a great job. And so we enter what I call the naive optimism period of uh, my short-term rental experience, where I'm looking at 400 plus companies in the Smoky Mountains and thinking, none of these guys can do it as good as me. I'm going to start a property management company. And so my, my good friend, Wes Melton, and I had been tossing around these different business ideas. And we decided, hey, we're going to do this uh, short-term rental property management company in one of the most competitive markets in the entire U.S., do it from scratch And, um, and so we went after it and, uh, it was, it was a journey, you know, we grew to, I think it was about 130 properties organically, uh, over a 24 month time period. And, uh, it was a fun ride, but man, it was a lot of work and all of these things. Yeah. It's like your mind fills in gaps on something like that. And all of the gaps we fill them in as like these easy things. And none of those gaps are actually easy. And you can start to realize that one failure at a time. And, you know, a couple of years in, we're both Wes and I are looking at each other and it's like, this isn't what a couple of tech guys are cut out to do. You know, we're meeting with the city and engineers and permits and, you know, all this stuff that goes into property management or owner meetings constantly, like where, you know, there's a stain on the carpet. It doesn't matter that we just doubled your revenue over last year. Let's talk about this stain right here in this one spot. And, And, you know, it's just like, wow, this isn't, yeah, this isn't really. We could do, what do I'm a whole episode just on
1: owner meetings. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I Do we need to do owner we can meetings? Can do a whole podcast. Owner meetings on- uncensored, so yeah. people can <laughs> really just get in there and talk about it. And
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. maybe a therapy session. Well, I think I- think I that's a great some. idea, John. We should actually do that. I still have some stuff I need to work through on that. So when you guys launch that therapy group,
1: let me know. I'll be participating too. I won't just be leading.
2: But but you know it, it kind of started to set us up because we really learned that side of the table really well. I'd say more than most OTAs or listing sites um, because we sat in that seat for for an incredibly hard couple of years. And so now, when all of a sudden a property management company we're dealing with comes to us and says, "Hey, this listing's showing up incorrectly on your website," you know, I understand that's not just like an inaccuracy. This is a highly emotional. Like undercurrent that's happening in the background of an owner wearing out this property manager that's then coming to us and then saying we need this updated and so like there's this this um, better understanding a more holistic understanding of their side of the table from that so I wanna I wouldn't give back that experience for anything um, however we did move. Past that, we divested the property management brand uh, to VTrips and Steve Milo. Uh, He and I are uh, uh, good friends to this day. You know, and that was a a fun experience uh, handing off all of the headaches to him and getting paid to hand off those headaches to him. You know, and uh, yeah, shout uh, out to Steve. Yeah, yeah. And he's done a great job with it. He's kept most of those owners uh, uh, and, and even staff members from, from that time, which that was in 2016. Yeah. Um, like any good um, uh, acquisition, it had its wrinkles right up to the end. And uh, the, the Gattenberg wildfires actually tore through town the night before we were supposed to close. And so Wes mentioned us, this.
0: I remember this when we were talking yeah, to that. we had Wes on, I don't know, maybe six months ago now. Um, and, and he mentioned this. This is insane.
2: Yeah, so it, it tears through, and uh, we thought the deal was going to fall through over that. Ultimately, it still goes through, and made us even more thankful that uh, you know for the relationship with Steve, watching him take care of our owners afterwards, and help yeah. the owners and help the staff uh, following that. So, so that like kind of takes us up to like, okay, now we have this this micro OTA, this niche OTA in one market, the Smoky Mountains market, and um, and from there we had this brand that we built because we only divested off the owner contracts, not SmokyMountains.com, the domain and the content. Mm-hmm. And so we'd built considerable you know, value as a brand at that point. And so we basically then started to onboard uh, property management companies uh, and and grew pretty aggressively in that market for, for a few years and you know, during that time, uh, we started to realize, hey, we have something that we could duplicate into other markets, and that's kind of the story of how we hop into StaySense eventually. Uh, because as we launched Florida and Hawaii, it got really confusing to a property management company to tell them, hey, why don't you go ahead and opt into Smoky Mountains, and we'll distribute your properties down to Destin? Yeah, that just doesn't yeah. make any sense. So, so StaySense almost became like a holding company, if you will, or an umbrella over the uh, the multiple brands down down below it there. So, um, but yeah, that's the like the very nice. short version of the story, um, what I would say is we've done a lot of things that are really cool in marketing along the way, really cool with people along the way. And then, um, you know, just some some wild things that I would have never seen coming. Like I ended up developing a neighborhood of purpose-built homes uh, with with a guy in the Smoky Mountains market. Uh, You know, we built like 35 homes together out there. So we've done a lot of these like little things that actually, round out like my understanding of the industry, because like now I'm sitting here, I've been uh, a property owner with property management companies. I've done rent by owner. I've been a property management company. I've been a developer purpose built, and now I own uh, multiple, uh, you know, niche OTAs. And so it's like, I feel like I've, I've touched almost everything but housekeeping at this point. So that's next, you know, okay, but you uh, not, yeah. So it's and it's Jeremy, a fun run.
0: Jeremy, look out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So it's exactly. interesting. I love that. And I love this because this is my shared personal experience. In, you know, again, if you've listened to this podcast, I say this all the time theory versus application, right? The, and especially the value of that from someone that is also creating tech, creating, you know, platforms. From like creating tools to you know solve problems in real world in real world time, right? And and the understanding that you get from being hands on, and it's interesting to see that webbed approach to like each aspect of the business: the building, the managing, the tech, the platform. Like, I, I don't think people understand the value. Well, I mean, I think they do theoretically, but not really. You know, again, I think we would have more advancement in our technology and in our products. I think they would be more valuable. If there was more of that experience driven into that, right? If more of the people who were actually creating this stuff were actually continuously hands-on in a way that they knew these problems quicker, but yeah, I love for, that approach for, man
2: for sure. Yeah, so um, every year, like at the end of the year, I try to write down the biggest thing I learned. In the past year, and I think it was in uh, 2019, happened across this thing called Kruger Dunning. Uh, not sure if you guys have heard of that before, but basically, it was these uh, psychologists, and they they did this this intense survey of this of this group of people to basically grade people on their knowledge versus their perceived knowledge. And it's a fascinating study, highly recommend going and reading it. Um, It applies to like everything, but like a really common example is that Monday morning, uh, like coaching of the NFL teams, you know, like, Oh, I would have done this if I were the coach. And it's like, and people honestly believe that they have a better capacity to understand this game than the coaches and the analytic coaches and the people that's poured over tape for several hundred hours. Um, You know, than than the person that's the experts that is so, you know, Monday morning, uh, you know people go back and look at that and we have that in our industry too like where people that don't understand those knowledge gaps just fill in those knowledge gaps with expertise that they don't actually have and that's really what Kruger Dunning is all about it's like this uh, this idea that that you, sometimes you don't know enough to know what you don't know really is it in a nutshell and that like kind of coming to grips with that as I matured in the industry and felt like I knew less about the industry as I knew more about the industry was an important um, a uh, uh, thing to to understand and it kind of speaks to what you were just talking about a second ago Mateo, of like hey you know that multifaceted experience that each of us have we bring that expertise that maybe, other people don't have, and like, how do we share that with each other? It's through mediums like this, uh, you know, doing these podcasts where we're trying to soak up that information and really understand that other side of the table, the other side of the coin. You know, it, you know, it, it's like it is so so important in any business, but especially short-term rentals when we're dealing with like multiple two-sided marketplaces, uh, you know, layered on top of each other and complexities of non-standardized products. You know, with uh, with all these different types Types of employees to make this whole thing go. Everything from like high-level tech employees all the way down to part-time labor at, you know, a laundry facility that scales up and down based on demand. And right. then you think about all the different stakeholders along the way, all the different profit holders along the way. And this is like a business class nightmare to even like write a paper on this, much oh, less yeah. live it. So um, yeah. It's insane. I Thinking about, about
0: this just kind of makes my mind boggle. And you know, and that's where, you know, Mateo, and obviously you, you've, you've lived both sides of it. Um, and I haven't had the opportunity to do that. Um, I have worked in multiple different sides of the vendor side of the space. So I, I've seen different angles, you know, from payment processing to, to marketing, to, you know, PMS to now to, you know, the OTA side of things, but it's, uh, you know, I will never have that, that working hand knowledge of, you know, of what, you know, say, you know, being a property manager and understanding, you know, that side of things, and but that's where th- this podcast is so like super super valuable to me. Is I've had the opportunity, along with Mateo, to speak with fifty of fifty one now of some of the brightest minds in the space, and really get to dig deep and in, in dive into all these things and understand. I think I think I have a greater grasp and understanding of most, um, but I still have don't I don't have that practical hands on. Yet, so I'll figure that out one, one of these days, well, but it's a uh...
1: part of it is part of it is also cultural, too. It's you know, we, we have a, a business or professional culture that supports kind of this false, you know, again, if you're selling a product, you have to be the best and you have to be the professional, even though you may not be all of that, right? Like, we right. don't in our business interactions approach this as hey, well, I have a skill set, you have a skill set, maybe together we can solve. These things. It's like, oh, I'm the expert in this space and I'm going to tell you how my product is going to solve your problem instead of saying, hey, this is what we have to offer. Let's talk about how we can solve solutions for you. Right. Like that's a completely different mindset. But I, in, and uh, maybe not everyone, but I see a lot of these sales reps and a lot of these people in sales feel like they have to, even though they, you know, may have been in this position two, three weeks, a year, six years, they ha- always have to be you know, consider the expert in that space. And they're not, no. and they're in and, and talking to people that have been in the space and this is their livelihood and that they're, they're the experts. They're the ones that have the knowledge, right? Like they're the ones that have oh, the real life experience and the knowledge. And I don't know, I just feel like that's, it's a cultural thing.
0: I, I think I think in, in, in all sales, if we're, we're looking at this side of things that to, you have to put yourself to be successful in, in, in a sales role. It's, I mean, I've, I've been a big believer in relationship building and, and true yeah. relationship building and understanding the needs and, and being a good listener and to go ahead and be a good listener and actually listen to, you know, where the pain, the actual pain points and try to actually understand, you know, you know, what, what the problems are. You can, you can actually come in and gain a lot, a ton of knowledge of this, you know, in my current role, I spent the first three months reaching out to property managers and interviewing them and ask them, Hey, you know, how do I build an OTA that doesn't suck? Like how do you know, and tell me, like, how Great do questions. I do this? You know, like and really understanding and, and, and coming back, I don't know how to do that. All right. You know, you know, dive deeper, tell me more, you know, like that kind of those type of questioning and, and understanding that's what breeds success. Um, but there's, I think, they're few and far between to actually go ahead and, and we'll actually put that into application.
2: You know, like, I think you bring up a good point. Like, you have these property managers, right? We can reach out to them, we can ask them, hey, what do you need? And so, like, that's almost like becomes like this team of free consultants. That's how we approach it here internally. Like, when somebody complains about something, you know, instead of viewing it as a complaint, we actually have a subject matter expert that's on the ground in Gallenberg or on the ground in Destin or in Maui or wherever they are. And they know the market way better than we know the market maybe. And they understand the guest needs better than maybe we understand the guest needs. And now we're getting this advice, not from one, but like dozens of these companies like this that basically make up this team of people that are coming to us free of charge. They're actually paying us to offer us advice that you literally couldn't buy to make our unique selling proposition stronger. Paying you to consult for you. Right. Right. And it's like that that's a beautiful thing. but like most people just pride is a hard thing to overcome and you must overcome pride to be able to take that free consulting, Mm -hmm. I think. And so, um, you know, when we get too good to take the feedback of our customers, that's a dangerous spot. That's where our right. unique selling proposition and our bit, our business selling points are going to start to falter because we're no longer serving the needs of our customers. Of right. course, uh, you know, in this business, it is more complex because we have two sets of customers and those customers compete against each other. And so we have to filter through the recommendations that we're getting from property managers or guests, because ultimately those, those, those competing interests, you know, can can be a challenging thing to overcome. I'd like to throw in a third customer homeowners. There's actually three customers that we deal with every day. yeah. 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 So like the way, the way we explain it to somebody that's new to the industry that starts here is like we have two sets of customers and our customers have two sets of customers. And so like basically we have that downstream final customer that's the homeowner and right. they're, they're also a customer indirectly of ours. But yeah, right. so it's like this multi-layered two-sided marketplace is, is the way we typically explain it. It's insane. Yeah.
0: It's insane. So- like we're talking about doing a podcast once where we just invite pe- like family members on and ask them to describe what we do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> like can you can you imagine like inviting your like like inviting my grandma and asking her what i do for a living i don't know it's 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 pretty complex um yeah. <laughs> complexity uh, John, i'm it. sure
1: you could figure you're a great communicator you'd figure out a way to tell her <laughs> that one of the oldest businesses in the world right short-term renting which has been around <laughs> since we've been staying in you know structures uh, I don't know. Maybe they ran the caves out, or I, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you can say that. Look, you're advancing that through technology. See, yeah. there's always a way to explain it. It's just, you, you it. know,
2: like if, if somebody asks me what what we do, and it's a lofty goal, but what we try to do is help each visitor into each market that we serve, and that doesn't mean each visitor that stays with us or that books through us or even books through the property managers. Like this is literally what we were founded on. When we, we founded the company, we didn't even know we were going into short-term rentals at that point. We just knew that we understood content marketing really well. We understood technology. And so we wanted to positively impact every vacation to that area. And we felt like if we did that, we were going to figure out the monetization later on. And yeah. so that has been our playbook as we launched additional markets. So like if you look at like HawaiianIslands.com, our, our third brand that we're in the process of launching right now, that's building traffic to it right now, the play there has been we have now photographed over a thousand points of interest with professional photo, uh, uh, photography. You know, we're doing that pre-revenue. We're doing that to help end users. We're reviewing all of those things. We're sending our team to go hike the, the, the mountains and to take pictures of the waterfalls and all that because we've, we've really just adopted this idea. If we help every visitor to each region, then we develop trust for both ourselves and our clients and in doing so over time, it lifts up the industry, lifts up each of us. And so that's been like, kind of like, that's how I explain it to my mom or my grandma is like, right. what do you do? I help every visitor that comes to the Smoky Mountains or every visitor that comes to the panhandle. And, and, you know, how do I do that? Well, let's say you're trying to pick a restaurant. How, how do you do it today? Okay. You can either go to TripAdvisor and see a bunch of sideways blurry photos, or you can go to like an advertorial. So we kind of tried to bridge that gap. We have professional reviewers that go in and they'll say, hey, this steak is dry. Don't get the steak here. But then we'll simultaneously have professional photos at the same place and insider tips of like how to get your family up on a family member up on stage at a dinner theater, that type right. of thing. And so it's just like, how do we help people? And I think that that could actually be a true story for either of your businesses as well. It's like when we help the broader market, that's mm. how this whole thing moves forward in my mind. Well, it comes to
0: a great, a great uh, question and and you've kind of said it in a roundabout way, but you know, like for the, for the first, for the person, and there's probably maybe one or two people that are listening to this podcast that don't know who's, what stay sense is like, explain like outside of what you, what you do, like, what is your, your elevator pitch? And I hate using that term, but you know what I mean for, for someone that's never been
2: exposed to say stay sense. Yeah, so we're a family of uh, niche listing sites. Right now we have three, SmokyMountains.com, floridapanhandle.com and hawaiianislands.com. What sets us apart is instead of going head to head with the big OTAs on paid marketing channels, we build each of those brands to millions and millions of website visitors a year through organic uh, methods. And so that's basically how do we develop content that reaches as far and as wide as possible in a helpful way. And in doing so, we will then inevitably be in the conversation when it comes time to book a property as well, whether somebody's searching Gatlinburg Cabins or whatever the term might be, they'll see our brand raised to, to the top, oftentimes even above Airbnb or Verbo or any of the other big players that are out there, Hopper, whoever. You know, here we are, we rise to the top. Right. And, uh, and then it's, uh, you know, and that's how we monetize it ultimately. But like if you go like on our page and you, you search something uh, uh, like Chimney Tops Trail and you see cinematic uh, videography and photography and, right. and, and, and these, uh, these words on the page that tell you exactly what to expect when you go to Chimney Tops Trail, that's uh, there's no ads on that page even. That page is there to help you, but in doing so, we naturally start to attract this traffic. That's repeat visits to most of these destinations we're in, links, and search engine authority over time, which then builds up the monetizable side of the of the business.
1: Really,
0: I, I want to the interesting
2: fact you you mentioned Hopper in a, and I
0: and I hate why I love talking Hopper, but um, of course you do. No shameless plug here. <laughs> yeah, shameless plug. Um. <laughs> um, but, but the interesting thing t- today. Uh, you'll never see Hopper, uh, competing for marketing dollars because that's not where we're never going gotcha. to go in and do paid search. Um, that's not what we're doing. I'm not going to say what's not we're going to do in the future. Uh, but that's not what we're doing today. Um, all of our, you know, it's a close user group and all of our stuff is, um, our marketing dollars goes to like TikTok and streaming, yeah. uh, streaming services like Hulu and stuff like that. So you'll see commercials and we're, we're going for that demographic, but we'll, uh, we're never going to, you're never going to compete for with us in say Smoky mountains or, or Hawaii or any of those. But I, I yeah. love, I absolutely love that. I mean, that's what's, that's what you're doing in, in that organic reach in, in the, the is, is necessary and, and more companies Well, you hope no other companies do it, but I think it's the right approach. Um, because when I travel with my family, I'm looking for experiences and I'm looking for, you know, the actual, not necessarily the, you know, the, the paid sponsorship, you know, come here, do this, do that. I I l- I'd love to see those, you know, th- to go that chimney top, um, and see that, that video and be like, Holy shit, this is, we need to go do this. And then inhabit organically drive me to a, a short-term rental that I can go ahead and
2: book for my family. That's amazing. Yeah. And so like w- one correction there is I wish everybody would do this. Like it's not, it, it, I really, you know, we talk about the, the rising tide lifting all ships. And I really believe in that to like, to the extent when we were brand new in property management, there was there's a company in the market, Cabins uh, USA there.
1: Mm-hmm. They were
2: huge compared to us. We had one property at this point. And uh, Chris Lacey, who was their uh, their VP of marketing at that time, he, he reaches out to me. And he's like, hey, I saw you writing on Search Engine Journal and Moz, these different things. I'm excited you're coming into the market. I have these SEO challenges. I'm trying to figure out on this website redesign. Um, I'm guessing the answer is no, since we're about to be competitors. But could you help me with that? And I ended up meeting him for for coffee and providing him some guidance via email. And it's one of those things where it's like, no, like the enemy wasn't. Cabins USA at that point, like this was in like 2010, 2000, or no, this would have been 2013 at this point. And the enemy wasn't uh, uh, Cabins USA. It was the hotel's. Like mm-hmm. when, when you, when you looked it's like, I wanted Cabins USA to, to, to develop like a, a great website and give yeah. the users great experiences in the market because I knew they'd be back the next year. And if I took care of them that year, then they might be over to right. the next year. And then back to Chris the next year. And it's like, we all need to take good care yeah. of these people. And when we do that, like, we're going to see this space continue to expand. It's like the, the competition, I think you know, at some point it's going to become each other, but I don't think we're at that point yet. Yeah. I think we're at a point where we're still just like expanding rapidly. And so I mean, right running.
0: now the, the, the competition is, you know, it's regulations. <laughs> it's, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's our competition right now. And it's, and it's big pockets that are, you know, spurring up these things and maybe it's still hotels because you know, they have the deeper pockets and they're, you know, look at, look at Honolulu. Uh, right now, and what yeah. what they're dealing with, which is absolutely horrible, and that's but, just but, one of one of you know dozens of yeah. you know across the country right
2: now. It's I don't think we're going to overcome that. As awesome as like four hundred and I think sixty five thousand dollars that was raised like in a few minutes is. It's like you look at the amount of money the hotel lobbying groups have, and, and then the different OTAs have. And they're aligned more with hotels at this point. Unfortunately, it's like we're going to overcome it with really positive experiences for end users, almost like Uber did. You know, it's like make these people want this so bad that we we basically have an army of people acting on our behalf and then we use the 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 four hundred sixty five thousand dollars to mobilize that army not to go like buy off politicians like the other side's doing but rather have like a whole army of people that are leaning on the politicians and 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 helping with the change that has to happen so just my two cents
0: no that's what this is about we we want your two cents
2: (laughs) but i mean it's worked it's worked in other industries and it's like that's how we're going to win this like we we have to have fanatical customers that will go to bat for us. like, otherwise like the hotel industry, you know, it's much more consolidated than vacation rentals are. And they're going to be able to have a louder voice due to that consolidation. And then the deep pockets that each of those voices has.
1: Do we get to a point where it's, where we're all in the mix together? Are we ever going to be the big bag of Skittles? Like that, everything in terms of hospitality, right? Like where we're all considered in, in maybe even, have some commonality like do do you see that happening is there always going to be this us and them and i guess so yeah yeah,
2: i mean we we haven't reached that in our small slice of hospitality so like if we can't reach like that unified voice on just short-term rentals then it's really hard to think about us being able to reach it with hotels in the mix and other things in the mix as well
1: well it seems like hotels are adopting it right like hotels seem to be it seems like hotels are taking on aspects of what we do because of their situations, right. Because of the place that they find them in themselves in right now. Right. So, you know, you have condo hotels now, boutique hotels that, you know, the more they mimic or, or operate like short term rentals, the better they seem to do. Right. Is, is, yeah. is a, is a data shown, But, It you see the hotels doing that. Are we does it get to this place where we're this Venn diagram and there's this space in the middle where or is it always just gonna be that? Will we ever be under one umbrella or will we always just kind of coexist in this little hybrid space that's flexible and works with whatever the wind way the wind blows?
2: Man, it's it's a tough question. I think like when we think about the practical implications of your question what you call out their condutels or even traditional hotels like the Hilton in Chicago, where we had the, uh, the VRMA, uh, conference at, mm. I got hit with an email. I don't know if you guys saw the same one. And basically they have a vacation rental within the hotel yeah. and they hit me with messaging about like, Hey, why stay, uh, you know, at a vacation rental? Like this was after checkout. When we have like this four bedroom place with daily housekeeping and all the advantages more or less of a vacation rental and, Mm -hmm. of a hotel. And so we're going to be hit with that. So how are we going to respond to that? I think that's like the first the first takeaway from, from your question, but yeah, they're absolutely going after us. And like, you take markets like uh, Vegas, the condo tells there, whether Mm -hmm. it's palms or MGM or all of them. So we actually own a unit and in the MGM there. And so it's like, you can see like, okay, there's this marriage happening slowly in some of these urban markets, especially because of regulations. And it's like, they're able to get through some of that regulatory red tape because they are the the hotel lobbying group yeah. and so like you start to look at something like that maybe that's part of the path forward is aligning kind of like what you're talking about all in, under one umbrella you know this is like you know uh, yeah but
1: it's, it's not interesting sure. because I and it's it, and that's nothing new though either though the w's been doing it forever right you got the yeah. resident at the four seasons yeah. like Living in hospitality yeah. coexisting has been in, in short-term even short-term letting, right? Like even in commer- even in you know traditional commercial real estate, multifamily real estate, they got they short-term let. They have in-law suites in those buildings that are furnished that they rent out. You know, it, it, it points to the time now to a very more directed kind of audience. I get it, but the model's been there. We've seen different models that have worked and that are continuing to work and. I don't know. I just think it's very interesting. I think we're gonna see more of that. I think, especially with cities like Atlanta, where there's a lot of very high-end, nice multifamily real estate that's just sitting there and occupied, and it's not viable for you know housing for everyone. So what do you do with that?
2: Yep. And- I mean we have some of that happening here in Nashville right now. Um, and it's 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 not going to to shrink as a percentage of the market, that's Mm-mm. for sure. So
0: no, I mean, the, I think the scary thing about it is, you know, it's all coming together one way or another, but, but we're not necessarily all playing nice together. Um, so when we're when we're all together, we're all in this in this this mosh pit together. and We're trying to go ahead and, you know, I and you had a great point, David. If we can go ahead and align as a short term rental slash vacation rental, you know. Ideals and what's what's appropriate and what's um, and and what our focus as an industry should be and how do we go ab- about this and there's lots of different things you know we can talk about with regards to unifying code and all these different things to make yeah, things a lot start there. a lot you know there's there's places that you know I think that there are you know people are striving and companies are striving to get yeah. there but no one's really saying this is how it has to be this is what we need to do because. Everyone wants to be, uh, you know, in charge or or have that great idea as opposed to aligning together and coming up with a solution. And until we as a-
1: Who gets to say that? Who does that? I don't know. yeah, there's, I mean, these are <laughs> like, again, there's is there this secret like mafia of like Vacation rental, And maybe there is. So let me stop talking about it. Yeah, but, better- <laughs> um, but like who gets to we, we
0: want to keep our
1: who gets to make that decision? Because if you remember and Dave, you remember from VRMA that and I don't know if they're still pushing forward with Steve and um, Steve and that group that they were they were pushing for kind of this commonality within the space to get an open a, a common API language common structure and standards for our industry. Um, and I think the last time I heard anything about that was like New Orleans. We have,
0: have to look yeah. at it this way, too. And and I loved. We'll give you a second here to jump in, David. I'm sorry. The it's ripping a bandaid off for absolutely everybody if we're going to go ahead and do this. And everyone, when you go ahead and rip that bandaid off, unless you're the one or two companies that have already gone ahead and put put the right foot forward and the right efforts forward, everyone else is then put on pause. And no, we don't have the developers, we don't have the, the engineers, we don't have any of this to go ahead. Like the resources there and the logistics behind this is a friggin nightmare. And until we all decide we need to rip this band aid off and we have to do it right now, it, like someone always wants is, you know, we're all vying for uh, that top position as far, you know, because let's, let's face it, it's, everything's
1: based on revenue. But um, you don't even know what that is. What are you building for? You can't even answer that. Like you don't know, you can't say it's going to be like, oh, it's going to be all this dev resource and all this other work. Yes, you have an idea, but to build what?
0: No, but if you have to start, if you have to rebuild all your code or like, like for example, if I'm just looking at like different like OTA connections and I can look at every one of them separately and know how their code is, like there, there isn't one that's 100%. Now, if we can go back to like say like like HASP standards and say like, you know, the homeware of 7.2, whatever that is like, and we start here and we build from there um, and everyone needs to go that's a different story i think that's the
1: only way you, you to get it to do it equitably across the board and Dave please jump in but i that seems like the only way that makes sense i mean i think
2: when you see this like you have to look at parallel industries right and, and when you see this adopted in the past there has to be that starting point and the starting points not a blank like whiteboard where we're like hey this is what we want it to be right the starting point starting point is this co coalescing behind something that's built that's there today that we're like okay this still sucks but it sucks less and we're going to go to this method that sucks less we're all going to agree to adopt that standard and then we'll evolve it over time and get better and better like when you start to just like outline something from scratch yeah it's like that's great but it's kind of like remodeling a house versus like building from the ground up starting with your architect One's gonna happen much quicker and one's gonna be much more affordable and doable for most companies. And so I think it's like that. What's that that common thing that we can coalesce behind? And you know, it, there's varying opinions on what that one thing is today. And so I'm not gonna step in that right now and then be uh, sure. We'll have you on for a future. We could step in that together. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, but like, like, just think about it from an end user perspective. That's what I always come back to is like the end users that are on our websites that are trying to plan their trips. If we have a single standard, then all of a sudden things become much better for the end user. And it's like when things become better for the end user, they become better for all of us. And, and that's the thing that people lose sight of. And so that single standard is is bigger than any of our egos, and then kind of like wrapping back around to what Mateo was talking about a second ago, and you too as well, John. And like how, like what do we do with something like Oahu, where they've they've banned short term rentals? How can we figure out how to work with hotels there? I think sometimes it's not like this like umbrella that we all sit under and sing Kumbaya all together as much as it's like a barnacle method like what got approved for the hotels how can we exploit those same laws yep. and just be like this barnacle that's on the ship along for the ride right. and then uh and, and then like figure that out yeah. yeah well that's a great point i mean that's what the hotel industry's been doing for years yeah exactly and so it's like why would we do this from scratch if they've already paved the way and they have certain things approved maybe it's 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 less resistance to check some of those boxes that they have approved than to go and get a whole new approval, at least in the short term. If you run a property management company in Oahu and it just got obliterated almost overnight. So yeah. yeah.
0: Interesting. What's next for you, David? Like where, yeah, I mean, what what's what big like you, you got a lot going on with Stay Sense, you got, you know, you got your three different markets. What big, you know audacious plans do you have in the, you know, for, for yourself um, and for your companies?
2: So, so right now, and I know I've already mentioned it, like um, our goal when we launch each site is to touch every vacation in those markets. Um, we aren't at that spot yet in Florida, and we have a long ways from that spot in Hawaii. Those are our next big goals, if you will. That's where we're taking the, the profits from the company and reinvesting them in the future is becoming these sites in those areas that represent the area as well, that also drive additional visits to the area that provide useful information to somebody as they're planning a trip. And it's like, Wow, maybe I should come to the Smokies for five days instead of three, or maybe I should go uh, for uh, a shoulder visit down to the the panhandle because the weather's so nice then. And so then all of a sudden we all start to benefit because then those are additional nights booked. And so there is a selfish monetizable angle to it. But like what that looks like for me for the next year is making those sites like where they're just like awesome sites now what, uh, practically speaking like when we look at the smoky mountains we had a couple pieces of content there that drove most of our success like on search engine rankings and things like that and um i've actually gone over that in some of the talks i've done at Burma at through the years with like how to grow a site from zero to a million website visitors from scratch and like one of those was like our our leaf map in in the the smoky mountains that like predicts when the leaves are going to change for the entire united states or like how to survive in the national park when you get lost and these these kinds of things get top tier news coverage and then start to fuel results so we're looking for the next one of those you know down in 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 florida and in hawaii and we're looking at things like right now like yesterday uh was pricing um uh colorblind snorkel masks and and trying to develop a partnership on the colorblind snorkel masks if so somebody that's visiting hawaii that can't see color they have these corrective lenses that allow them to see That's color amazing and then they'd be able to go check those out from snorkel bobs or or one of right. the the companies there free of charge and use them to see color and see the reef uh you know in, in full color like like most people see it but how they've never been able to even see a blue sky some of these people and so we're looking at cool things like that well where, where all of a sudden yes there's the pr angle on it but yes, we're also positively touching the vacation of that family that has the colorblind individual as we're building the PR and as we're building the brand up in that in that spot. So those are the kinds of things that drive me, that make me tick. Like how do we do those like fun marketing things that actually change lives or change vacations? And uh, yeah, ultimately we want to keep doing this and we have our like plan for world dominance which includes like a million listing sites eventually and all of that we'll see if that happens but right now like the focus needs to be on like doing that for brand two and brand three to then fund
1: the future eventually you you met Lorraine Woodward yet No, I'm gonna make the introduction to you uh you guys definitely need to meet because that's so she was on the panel with us and she's uh, she's going she is if not going to be the uh expert in like accessibility travel um awesome and, oh yeah i i we'll, we'll talk about it off air but i'll shout out to lorraine i'll definitely connect you guys fantastic because uh, what yeah. she's doing that's awesome yeah and, and then
2: like accessibility travel right there is another like to loop back around to that standard api like yeah. how do we let a listing site know that this is accessible yeah. Or yeah. mobile friendly, even if it's not fully accessible, because sometimes that's good enough if grandma can make it up two steps to the main floor and then be part of the vacation. It doesn't have to be a ramp. But right. like, how do we communicate these things to, to end users where grandma wants to be part of the vacation? And, and like, you know, the family wants grandma part of the vacation. And yeah. so like we need a way as like, you know, Hopper or or whatever listing site to be able to help grandma understand that she can be part of the vacation in the same way she is when they go to a hotel. And like, that's a whole different, like ball of wax there, but it drives, it's one little small facet of this need for this like standardized API
1: eventually. Well, it's not even grandma. What about the the people that that's their everyday life just regularly exactly. and can't yeah. and don't go on vacation. Cause they can't.
2: Yeah. No, you, I mean, my, my sister grew up in a wheelchair, so it's yeah. like, I, I mean, uh, I get it. And it's like, there's things you can do and things you can't do. And that's just kind of like the world of of that life. And it, and like, we can help make that world a better place. And in doing so, make the whole world a better place and our business is better. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us
0: today. It's been an absolutely amazing conversation. We we could go on forever, um, but we should probably go ahead and put a pin in it for today uh 51st episode if you're liking what you're hearing go ahead and um please leave a review we we're looking for our eighth review i'm just kidding listen um, like subscribe <laughs> um, and
1: Dave, we're gonna have you back man too because you know we we uh we just scratched the surface brother you know and uh i love your vision i love what you do i love uh, that you you know you you walk it how you talk it so we uh we'll definitely have you back on man and uh you know your friend of the show get your hat um but you're welcome <laughs> anytime brother
2: Man, thanks for having me on. Uh, Pleasure speaking uh, about short-term rentals with both of you guys. Thank you for what you're doing uh, for for the industry and, and keep up the good work. Thanks.